Robin's voice did not get deeper. This is Avi Bernard filling in for Robin, who has a rare yet well-deserved day off. So glad to have you with us, whether you're listening on 1580 AM in Los Angeles or on the free KBLA 1580 app or watching on YouTube. If you're watching, then you would know that Robin didn't just have a frog in her throat. So, yeah, as I was saying, Andy be having the appropriate bangers like last week when they, when they were talking about Britney Spears and Victor Wembanyama I wasn't expecting as I ended my Friday show to walk out and hear Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears I was not expecting that but I did hear Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears because Andy knows what's happening Andy is going to play what song needs to be played it may not be the song you expect if you are a listener and you haven't been privy to what we're going to be talking about during the show. But just know that Andy is going to give you a hint. Usually. Today he just played some nips, some nips, some neighborhood nip. And that's always appropriate because it's neighborhood nip. So we're not necessarily talking about anything regarding neighborhood nips today. But anyway, welcome in. We're going to be talking to my good friend, Jerome Trammell. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen some of Jerome's videos, then you're missing out. I forget who it was. It might have been Tommy Loren. Maybe I'll ask Jerome when we get him in here uh, after the break. But he he has a video. I think he he <laughs> he disrupted somebody's speech. Some some hardcore right wing person's speech, and it was hilarious. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into what we're going to be discussing this evening. Now it's time for a breakdown. So, the Emmy nominations for 2023 have been released. They are out. We're going to get into those. Are you disappointed? Are you happy? Do you think the nominations are accurate? Do you think the correct people were nominated? Has anyone been snubbed? We're going to talk to Jerome about that. And this whole Twitter and threads situation... Wow. Elon Musk really just blew a 3-1 lead. He had this Twitter this Twitter app that he purchased fully functioning, fully operational, all these users and the usability and the likability of Twitter has gone significantly down since he bought it because he bought it. We're going to talk about that and also I'm going to see what else we have time for but if we don't get into these topics a little bit later, then forgive me. But I'm just going to give you just a little breakdown of a couple other things that have been happening today. Whoopi Goldberg. She says, don't use my hologram after I die. She has it in her will that you cannot use a hologram of Whoopi Goldberg. You cannot have a futuristic episode of The View. In which you have a holographic Whoopi Goldberg filling in for the departed Whoopi Goldberg. It's it's in her directive. You cannot do that. So how do you feel about people using holographs? I think the first one I remember people doing this was, was Tupac. Because I don't know about you, but... When I first heard that Tupac died, I, I was one of, I was a big believer in the fact that he was not really dead. 
you know, the seven theory and all that stuff. And also, you just, I just didn't want him to be dead. He was my favorite rapper. And so that holograph stuff with Tupac, I kind of understood. But doing it for almost anybody else seems a little strange. Would we even want, would, it, would there even be any requests for a holographic Whoopi Goldberg? I don't know. I, I don't think there would be. What would that be used for? She's not going to be performing on stage. All right. And the other thing that we may or may not have time to get into a little deeper is Meek Mill shouting free Tory Lanes during one of his performances. <laughs> now, I know they collaborated on a song and they're probably friends. But just because somebody is in jail or prison doesn't mean that they should be freed. And it doesn't mean you should advocate for their freedom. This man shot Megan Thee Stallion. He shot her. Now, I know we've all heard of domestic abuse and things like that, but that's that's kind of taking things to a different level. But before I... I could probably just do this segment talking about how ridiculous some of these things are but i want to bring jerome in here so when we come forward we're going to get jerome in here to get his take on on some of this stuff and we can also we can also welcome you and your opinion to the program as well just give us a call 800-920-1580 that's 800-920-1580 and you will be on the radio with us and when we come forward we're going to be having a deeper discussion about these topics right here on kbla talk 1580 and it's Avi Bernard filling in for Robin tonight, and I am joined by TV producer and media personality Jerome Tramell. Jerome, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Avi. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. So glad to have you here. So just, uh, I, I gave the listeners uh, a little bit of information about uh, a video you put out a, a while ago that I have always treasured since I saw it. And I just, I forget who was the subject. Was it Tommy Loren? Oh, yeah, Tommy Lauren, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you, I remember you were during, you came to one of her speeches, and then you basically said, Tommy Lauren is a, mm, and <laughs> something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, so what happened is uh, Tommy Lauren, you know, she's, you know, the racist, you know, conservative lady that, you know, picks fights with everyone who's black or in or queer, and so she's coming to Atlanta for a um, real estate conference, um, so what we did was we decided to RSVP all the tickets and all the seats so then it will be an empty venue. So there was about 750 seats. We, like, RSVP, like, like Nicki Minaj uh, fans, Beyonce fans, we just all got together. Everybody was just, like, um, just deserving. And so I was like, you know what? I got to show up so I can take pictures of the empty venue. So out of the 750 seats that were there, there were about maybe a hundred people that showed up at the most, so the venue looked really empty. And I was just going there to take pictures, but she started her speech with talking about Jesse Smollett during that, you know, that time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I should have bought my bleach and my noose." Um, oh, and then, like, she was saying all kinds of stuff. I'm like, you cannot come to Atlanta, the blackest city in this country, and you know, spread that racist and you know anti-queer rhetoric so i just had to let her know that we we weren't thinking that we weren't standing for it 
I love it. As I said, I treasure that video. So, and, and, you know, it went viral. Millions <laughs> and millions of views everywhere. So <laughs> I didn't expect that, but, you know, it was cool. And when you're doing the Lord's work, that's what happens, you know? And so uh, when... Listen, I'm, I'm doing the work for my ancestors. <laughs> exactly. And where can people check out that video? On your on your IG? Or what's the best place for people to check out that video? Just you, can just, you can just Google it, uh, Jerome and Tommy Lauren, and, it'll, you know, it'll pop up everywhere. Just Google it. All right. All right. I love it. All right, so uh, I want to start by talking about this threads and Twitter situation. So this is funny to me because it really reminds me of Suge Knight. And okay, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I'm going to tell you why it reminds me of Suge Knight and Diddy. And not that you know Mark Zuckerberg is, is, Suge, is, is like Suge Knight in any other way, uh, but he Mark Zuckerberg is Suge Knight in this situation. And Diddy is Elon Musk. All right, now, okay. Andy, I'm going to ask you to uh, to play this clip for me, and we'll talk about it. Under, I'll tell you exactly what I mean. First of all, I'd like to thank God. Second of all, I'd like to thank my whole entire Defo family on both sides. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to tell Tupac to keep his guards up. We ride with him. And one other thing I'd like to say. Any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to, want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, come to death rock. <laughs> Thank you for that, Andy. So as Suge Knight said in that clip, any artists who want to stay a star and don't want the CEO all in the video, all on the record, dancing... Come to death row. Very classic clip. That's basically what Mark Zuckerberg said to Elon Musk. Any social media users who want to have a good time posting without the CEO all in the thread, posting his yeah. own stuff, trying to be the main attraction on the, th on, the, on the social media site, come to threads. And so this is funny because instantaneously as soon as this app was open i think it was 24 million users in the first 24 hours something like that or 30 million users and some some crazy number like that but now yeah now, right now right now that over 100 million jeez and so so yeah. we have so instantaneously as soon as this site is opened elon musk has a major major competitor his biggest competitor you know he always had other social media sites as as his competitor instagram facebook tiktok whatever but this one is exactly like Twitter. And so I just want to get your take on the rollout of threads and whether you think it could eventually take over Twitter as the main kind of, uh, what should we say, kind of social media Twitter is. Like the kind of uh, talkative social media. Instagram is the picture social media. Uh, TikTok is like the video social media. You know, Facebook is like the, the grandparent social media. So could threads take over Twitter as the main kind of social media where people go to kind of express their mind in a in a tweet or in a thread? Well, so Threads is Threads definitely have the possibility to take over Twitter. However, what's working in Elon um, to his benefit is that a lot of like right wing, a lot of conservative people are going to definitely stay with the Twitter and um to being honest, they have a loyal following. So, um, is it going to hurt Twitter? Yes. Will it end Twitter? I don't necessarily think it'll end Twitter. But 
Threads definitely had an amazing rollout, like from top to bottom. And it's, it's user-friendly. Um, it's, it's very easy to uh, know what you're doing. It's not, it's not confusing. So they really had a great rollout. And so, and one of the things you mentioned in, you know, right-wingers being loyal to Twitter, I think that's absolutely correct. However, I do think that that might be one of the detriments of Twitter going forward is that it's it's become a lot more right wing overall, and it it does feel yeah. it does feel more on Twitter when you're on Twitter. It's like, wait, where am I? What, why are all these people? Why are all these people talking about this in this way? And I don't I don't not seeing a lot of people that are kind of like minded like myself. Me per, uh, personally being a, a liberal hack, I don't see a lot of people like that. I mean, of course there are still some on there, but it feels a lot more like a like a desolate like a. Uh, social media hellscape lately. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter has turned into a them versus us situation. And so there's a <laughs> lot of trolling. There's a lot of arguments. And um, what I think, when I log on to Twitter, you're going to always see a debate. It's going to be, you know, this conservative debate, you know, amongst us. It's always going on. So that's what, that's like, that's essentially what Twitter turns into. If you want to argue, you want to find opposing opinions, you just go to Twitter and you're going to, you're going to find it. You're going to have people agree with you. You're going to have people that disagree with you. So that's what literally Twitter has turned into. It used to be a nice space of, like, social commentary and people cultivating, like, good energy and stuff like that. But it just turned into this whole, you know, chaos. And, um, yeah, everybody's split. Yeah, and, and it is. And Twitter, that's the funny thing about Twitter is that it doesn't matter what you're talking about. There's going to be somebody on there disagreeing with you. You know, oh, I, I really like Apple. I'm so glad I have this Apple. I really like apples. And, and someone will jump on, like, what are you saying about oranges? What's wrong with oranges? Yeah, that's, I mean, what, it, yeah, that's what it is. Like, don't forget about the pears. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, every, every, every opinion, every thought, every tweet has to be picked apart with people with opposing views. So that's what it turns into. But I will say that um, Elon is accusing Threads of having, like, um, former Twitter employees as part of the engineering process, and mm -hmm. that's absolutely 100% untrue. And they, Threads spoke out about that, that they have no engineers that are, that are former employees of Twitter. But also, what I will say is that while we're talking about Twitter and Threads, we should be talking about Spiel, which is the new, um, I feel like it's the new black Twitter um, it is created by, you know, black people who were actually fired from Twitter. So uh, Afonso and Defaris were fired from Twitter and they started the Spill app, which really took off and launched really big. Um, got right now hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So it's still growing because it's in its beta stages, but still is definitely, um, they have their foot in the race. So I'm excited about that. You said it's called Still, like S-T-I-L-L? -L? Yeah, spill. I have not heard about that. Okay, I'm gonna look that one up. Yeah, right. it's growing. It actually was the number one trending topic on Twitter even before Threads launched. Like right before Threads launched, it was the number one topic on Twitter for like two days straight because they were like, "Oh, this is the Black Twitter, so it's created by us for us, censoring us, um, but everyone's invited." Well, I'm definitely jumping on there then. You know, we got to support the the. The black-owned, black-made stuff. If we're gonna jump on threads, like I know we all are, we gotta jump on still too. So I'm gonna do that. But my man Andy wanted to Absolutely. chime in real quick. What's up, Andy? No, I was just gonna say, you know, with the whole threads thing or whatnot, I just don't know how sustainable 
how sustainable it'll be i know it's connected to your instagram so it's like you know people are gonna be popping with it but one of the things that made twitter so popular in my opinion was how you'll watch a news broadcast a sports broadcast any type of media broadcast and you know on the little graphic below their name they'll have their twitter handle mm -hmm. so i'm just thinking to myself like i feel like the media hasn't uh embraced threads just yet right so that's just a little bit of my concern you know it's it's sustainability it's, it hasn't embraced threads yet, but it's like a week old. So, I mean, it's it's possible. If Twitter keeps faltering, I will say, though, and that's a, it's definitely a fair point to make, Andy, but if Twitter keeps faltering, and, and they've been having usage issues, too, like people can't can't look at a certain amount of, amount of tweets, or I don't even know. I'm not on Twitter that much, so I haven't experienced any of that, but they have, they've been having some technical issues that people foresaw yeah. a long time ago when Elon came in and fired everybody. And so... I, I, I don't know if Twitter's going to be sustainable either. And if they do falter, then you might see uh, when people do interviews, their little threads handle instead, or maybe even their still handle. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Jerome, about this. Uh, and you mentioned, you alluded to this, saying that, that it's false that Twitter employees came over to threads. But uh, Twitter has threatened to sue Meta, which is the, you know, Meta is formerly known as Facebook, which is also the company that owns Instagram and therefore owns Threads because Threads is a, you know, a subsidiary of Instagram. And so it's like a, if you have Instagram, you can just join Threads instantaneously. So, but Twitter has threatened to sue Meta over its new Threads app, which Mark Zuckerberg has openly billed as a rival, claiming that the company has violated Twitter's intellectual property rights. In a letter to CEO Mark Zuckerberg, a lawyer for Twitter said the company has serious concerns that Meta has engaged in systematic, willful, and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property. So so you already said, Jerome, that, that those claims are false. So do you think that this lawsuit is gonna go anywhere or is it just is it just Twitter kinda being kinda being sour? Twitter kinda kinda feeling a certain way about having a lot of people going over to threads. Yes, it's Twitter throwing a temper tantrum they're trying to yield whatever powers that they do have what we have to realize is that facebook was very successful instagram is very successful so you have threads now you know all owned by the same company so they know the do's and the don'ts of social media platforms and you know all the legalities so i don't they wouldn't i don't think meta is less than smart enough to go and hire Twitter engineers because they want to compete with Twitter, knowing that it will be against their like non-compete or whatever clauses they have. So uh, it's going to be tossed out, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Mark Zuckerberg has been in this game a long time. He knows what's up. He's not about to do something, something crazy and, and mess mess around and put his whole empire in jeopardy. But I do want to talk about these Emmy nominations that came out today. Yeah. And I'm really and, and that's I'm, I'm really glad you're on the show because social media, man, you you know your stuff. And uh, I'm really glad we have you um, on the show tonight. And uh, these uh, these Emmy nominations, though, definitely some some interesting, interesting stuff to talk about. So Better Call Saul's got a bunch of nominations. Uh, the Crown, House of Dragons, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus. Yellow Jackets and Andor, those are all of the best drama series nominations. And I'm just looking here for the black people. And there are yeah. <laughs> there are a few. We're gonna highlight uh, a lot of them or, or the ones that there are there um, in, in the in the in the next uh, few minutes here when we come forward. But 
I do wanna I do wanna ask just off the top of your head, and we got about a minute before we gotta step aside for a second, Jerome. But what is the what is the is there a nomination that stood out most to you? There is not a nomination that really stood out most. Um, in a nutshell, I what I will say is that I'm like Issa Rae. I'm just rooting for everybody that's black at this moment. So that's where I'm at. But I do want to ask you a question because they haven't announced a host yet. Mm-hmm. Who would you like to see host the Emmys? I guess you can answer that when we come back. But that's where I'm trying to get to because no matter who's nominated, if the show is not entertaining, it's not good. Mm. People are sitting there for hours and they're not entertained and it, it, it gets bored. So who would be a great host? That's a great that's a great question. I, I already have a couple of people in mind and we will discuss them when we do come forward and we're gonna get into all these Emmy nominations, all the all of the black nominees, and gonna get your, your thoughts on this. And if you wanna chime in, our number is eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. That's eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. More with TV producer and media personality Jer- Jerome Tramell when we come forward on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. But well, we are back, and we are joined by TV producer and media personality Jerome Trammell. And I'm just uh, going through these Emmy nominations. They just came out today, and they are still vastly, vastly white. I will tell you that. And I'm not saying those actors are not deserving. Of course, there are some, some wonderful actors. But, it, you know, I'm going through the list on The Hollywood Reporter. <clears throat> and Best Actor in a Drama Series... No black people. I will say that Pedro Pascal is nominated. I do like Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us. So there's at least a little bit of diversity there. But you go through Best Actress in a Drama Series. Let me see. White, 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 white. Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. And I had to look some of these people up because I don't even know who all of them are. But let's see. White, 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 white. Okay. All the... All the Nominees in that category are white as well. Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Let's see. White, 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 white. All right. So I, I am just noticing a bit of a trend. And it's not a surprise. Uh, but to answer your question, Jerome, that you posed before we step aside, who would be a good host of the Emmys? You got to think Trevor Noah is is a good choice. Uh, and I, I'm going to throw a name out there that no one is going to expect or most people probably don't even know. And that is Janelle James. And she is a comedian. Oh. Uh, you you probably know her, Jerome, but most people probably don't oh, know absolutely. her. Uh, but Janelle James is actually nominated this year for her role in Abbott Elementary. And and most of the black nominees are nominated for Abbott Elementary. And so just from Abbott yeah. Elementary alone, you have Tyler James Williams. You have Quinta Brunson, of course. You have Cheryl Lee Ralph. And you have uh, um, Janelle James. And so yeah. that's a, and then the only other black nominee that I think I, I could be missing one, but it's Jessica Williams from Shrinking, who is who is also awesome. And so I'm gonna go with Janelle James and Trevor Noah as my two picks to be good hosts for for the Emmy Awards 2023. But uh, did did you have anyone specific in mind? Yes, it's funny that you mentioned her because I was thinking we need a black woman comedian. Like mm-hmm. I was going through the list of, of hosts of the past award shows at the Emmys and I didn't find not one black comedian that was a woman. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? That's who we need. And I was thinking Monique. 
I think Monique will be the excellent host. She did amazing at the BET Awards. We know that like it was iconic. But I also think that it's um it's it, it sort of paying homage to the stuff that she has faced in this industry and she's come come back. She's working, got the Netflix special. So I think like it would just be a full circle moment for Monique to host the Emmy. That's that is an interesting point, and you are correct. It would be interesting if nothing else. And I think uh, I think we're on the same page. Having a black woman host would be would be awesome, and I think Janelle James would be good. Got to give a shout out to everyone watching on YouTube. Forrest Harrison has been my dog for a long time. What up, Forrest? And and you know what? I got to give a shout out to Robin Ayers, who is who is somewhere other than here. I don't know where she is, but she is also here because she is chatting with y'all on YouTube. And I know it's what different. Up, yeah, I know it's different. To be watching the show that you usually host, it's a, it's a very weird feeling, I'm sure. But now you get to see what it's like, except you can't watch yourself because that's just not physically possible. But unless you and I'm sure she's taking notes to give you some constructive criticism. Absolutely, so be prepared for the as she should. And I will be I will be looking for a strongly worded email <laughs> as soon as I leave here from Robin. Um, but shout out to Penny Thompson, to Pretty Brown Mimi, Terry Tari, to Penny. I already said Penny Thompson. And all the, all the people watching, and Fahima, of course, a frequent listener, Faith Faust, and uh, everyone, y'all are just chopping it up in there. Wow. And Forrest Harrison made a good point. He said maybe Cedric the Entertainer would be a good host. And I think yeah, that's... Yeah, Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, you go back to the Kings of Comedy, uh, I can pull lines from all, all the brothers that were on that show, that were on that, on that comedy special and, and classic lines. And I, you know, I, I haven't seen him host anything like that in a long time. And I think he would be great. That's a, that's a great suggestion. And so, yeah, you know what? And when you mentioned Trevor Noah, I was thinking that like, he's known for being very political and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So to balance him out, and this is just like a wild card. Mm-hmm. I think if him and Cardi B were the co-host, wow. it would be like a ball of energy. You have the seriousness, you have the politi- like political side, you have the you know, deep conversations. Then you have Cardi B with a big personality, entertaining and comical. So I think that'll be a great, a great mix. Great but, could, but could, but could Cardi really kind of hold, hold the attention and, and, and kind of go toe to toe with Trevor. Cause you know, he's, he's just super witty and, and I know I, I love Cardi B and I think she's hilarious, but I don't know. I haven't seen her host anything. It, it does take a different kind of skill to be able to host something uh, uh, along the lines of an award show. Have you ever seen her host anything, or do you just think just her, her personality no, in I general? Think has a, yeah, I think she just has the personality to host the show. And mind you, like, she's not presenting all these awards mm-hmm. like that, so it's like it's not like she has to have, like, this, this long dialogue. She's just, you know, it, first of all, it's a script written, you know, but also that they just bounce their energy off each other. I just think that it'll be a, a, a great, a, you know, a, a great duo. Hey, I'm not saying you're wrong. If it's up, then it's stuck. But I'll say, uh, let's see. Um, I just it, closing out this discussion about the Emmy nominees. I'm gonna say I'm just I'm just going through these through these again. And shows that I really enjoyed. I mean, I got I got to give it up for Ted Ted Lasso. And I, I really enjoyed that show. It's it's a very diverse show. And it, it's got. Uh, every kind of person in there and it's got some some great black actors in there as well and most of them are not from here 
And mm-hmm. uh, I, I try. I actually almost got one on this show, but it was just their time. He was he's in London, and um, and uh, he it just wasn't gonna work. And so, but that show that show was really great. I mean, that's just really a feel good show. It was only three seasons, and they they had their series finale this year. And when the last episode went off, I was a little bit sad. But I think it, it is it is really great the way that they they kind of had a plan for that show from the beginning. They had to, to, have, to have the show be three seasons from the beginning. And I want to get your, your your thoughts, Jerome, on on just the lengths of series in general, because you know it's like that. <laughs> It's like that saying from The Dark Knight. You know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. To me, that's that's the balance that series are always trying to strike. And if you have a series go too long, i.e. Game of Thrones, and you, you kind of you, you fall apart at the end and you can't land that plane, then the whole series is kind of kind of like it's it's marred. The whole series is, is kind of tarnished. And so what do you think about a good, a good lengths for series in general. I think it's it's like a cult following, you know, kind of like how you have friends and stuff like that. I think that like, it can last as long as mm-hmm. the as long as the the, the the fans and the audience is watching. You just got to make sure that it has like evergreen topics that you can talk about. Some of these shows, like once you figure out the plot of the show, it's like okay, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And that's why I like how. Um, power kind of like did their spinoffs in, in, in different layers of shows because every show is going to run its course. So yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta jump out while while it's still hot. And if you want to come back, then come back as a spinoff, you mm-hmm. know, or something. Not not try to carry the show out too long. Otherwise, it, it just won't be good. You made a good a good point about, and I think Friends like shows are different now. Shows like Friends or Living Single or Martin or Fresh Prince. You know, shows like that that are that are just classic sitcoms that, as you said, are evergreen and can and can be played to this day and be awesome. Shows aren't really like that anymore. Shows are are are, are just different in, in this age of streaming. You go on Netflix, and I don't I don't know of any current shows that are kind of in the in the vein of the classic like '90s to early 2000s sitcom like a like a Fresh Prince or or a Friends. But I think those shows, because of the way they're formatted and because of, you know, obviously the actors have to be great as well. Because of the way they're formatted, those shows were on on for, for so many seasons and it didn't feel stale. And they probably could have yeah. they probably could have kept going. Yeah. And also because you didn't have 100 different, you know, channels or, <laughs> or different options to watch up. And you have like all the streaming services as the online, you have like apps on your phone, then you have cable. It's like. It's so many ways to consume a show and content, and that's why like the, the viewership and the audience and stuff is, is, isn't there anymore. Like I remember when Real Housewives of Atlanta like first came out, like they were averaging, you know, five, six, nine, ten, twelve million viewers, and now they're trying hard to get a million. Like it's it's, it's definitely a change. Yeah, and and that's a great point too. I mean, the the changes. In, in just the the TV landscape overall, and and back then you couldn't even record stuff, not, not, let alone just go on to to Netflix and watch it anytime you want and binge the whole season. You had to be in front of your TV at the time that it airs every week, otherwise you missed it, and then maybe you'll catch a rerun. But that was that was appointment television, and that is even though a lot of these streamers now like HBO, they will release one episode a week. 
they'll do that and, and it works to a degree but it's not the same because you can still go back and just binge it anytime and, and watch it the next day but but yeah yep. it's, it's a completely different landscape now i, I totally agree but, yeah, um, if you, and if you know, like I know, there are a lot of people who are not even paying for cable or any of these streaming services. They're watching all these shows online from free from all these, you know, movie and television show websites that just post the content. So there's that. And Jerome Tramiel is joining us from the ATL. Before we let you go, Jerome, I want to ask you about this Meek Mill uh, situation with him being on stage, him saying, free Tory Lanez. Uh, you know, Tory Lanez has been convicted of shooting Megan Thee Stallion. And we, we often talk about how we as black people aren't supported enough. But I think we also have to look inward sometimes and ask why we aren't supporting black women as much, in, especially in this instance. Whereas this man uh, put her life in jeopardy could have killed her and we still got these rappers saying free Tory Lanez I just don't I don't I don't get you don't have to say somebody needs to be free just because you know them or because you collaborated on a song if I have a, a friend who I've known my whole life and and this dude goes and shoots a woman I, I'm not going to be over here advocating for his freedom and so I just want to get your thoughts on that Jerome yeah so let me say this um these thoughts are mine and these, these are mine <laughs> solely mm-hmm. trash men will always be trash men and now <laughs> we have men who go to extreme length to not impress women anymore but to impress men and that's what this is giving the fact that people were yelling free meat and rock nation actually had a helping hand and making sure that you know he was released he was free and then rock nation is also in partnership with Megan the Italian, and then you shot out her abuser on stage. Meek Mill has been taking L's ever since Nicki Minaj dumped him, and he will forever take L's because that's just his character. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that is a, that is a that is a hilarious take, and that's why I'm so glad you're on the show. I uh, I, I don't I don't say I disagree, and if you're if you're Eventually, if you're always taking these L's, you got to look at the common denominator. And yeah, if you're over here saying free this dude, then you you got to look at what you're doing. What are you doing? Listen, listen, men will be men will be friends or stay friends with men who have abused their sisters, their children, mm, their mother. Mm. They like men love impressing men. Even when you think about the clubs, men go to the clubs. Popping bottles, spending money. You think it's for the benefit of the woman, but they just be trying to impress or you know, or show out on other men. And it's like, what are we doing here? This is getting a little bit weird. I hear you, man. And all, and also, also, there's this thing on social media where if, if if there's a man defending a woman, let's say on Twitter or or now on Threads or or even on Spill, which I haven't been on yet, but I so I don't know if it takes place on there. But you have a man defending a woman on Twitter, so there's a thread under there, and then. So the man is defending the woman, and someone comes under there. Oh, she's not going to let you smash, bro. So what? It the, to be all the, so the only it reason, to yeah, all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, oh, she still, she ain't gonna let you hit, or you know, um, I hope she sees this. I'm like, first of all, I'm not for a woman's consumption. Let's start there. <laughs> that, that just goes to show you how far we are lost in, in society and culture 
when if you're defending a person who's been treated wrong, then you then become, you know, abused or, or, or a victim to the bullying and, and harassment. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely. And, and, and as if, and, and when you're saying something like, Oh, she's not gonna let you smash, bro. You're insinuating that the only reason you should defend a woman is because you're trying to get some some sex from her, and that's and not. They're, and they're because that's what they do. But I will right. say this, and I always encourage women, especially black women, protect yourself. Get your get your mace, get your you know, your 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 tasers, get your things. You know, if it's legal to carry and say, get your things and always protect yourself because mm -hmm. men will stand around and watch a woman being beaten and don't do anything nowadays. So make sure you protect yourself. Great, great point, Jerome. And that's one of the first things I, I got my wife when we started dating is a, is a can of mace. So uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I always, I always recommend women carrying around some mace because men are sadly crazy. Jerome, how can we keep up with you? Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Spiel, you know, my new favorite social media platform right now. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's all, you know, Mr. Jerome Chamel. So that's where you can find me at. Jerome, always a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us tonight. No problem. Anytime. All right. Talk to you soon. And. When we come forward, we're just going to wrap things up here. I'm going to tell you about a show that, that is entering its second season that I am really looking forward to. It's not necessarily a black show, but there are a lot of black people in the show. And it's a show that I really enjoyed the first season. And it took, I feel like it's been over a year, if not a year and a half. And I think the, what's today, the, the 12th? Today's the 12th. I believe season two comes out tonight. The first episode of season two comes out tonight. I'm going to tell you exactly what show I'm talking about when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. It's Avi Bernard in for Robin Ayers, and I got to give a shout out to some of these people in the comments because y'all have, have pointed out a huge oversight on my part, and I appreciate that because this show is not about me. Thomas Outlaw. Roy Wood Jr. is the perfect host. Yes, that's who I, I knew I was forgetting about somebody, and Roy Wood Jr. is that somebody, like Aaliyah. And so I want... I want to give a shout out to Thomas Outlaw because Roy Wood Jr., who uh, hosted the Correspondence Dinner, the White House Correspondence Dinner, phenomenal comedian. I love Roy Wood Jr. Would love to see him host uh, the Emmys or any other show. And uh, Forrest Harrison says, Snowfall should have gotten an award. I feel you on that. And a lot of people are saying that they couldn't get down with friends. I, I, I totally get you um, on that, too. But if you can get past the whiteness, then it is. It is um, there's some, some good jokes in there, man. It's, 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 it's a pretty funny show. Um, I, uh, I I enjoyed that show. I don't enjoy it as much as a Fresh Prince, of course, which is my favorite show of all time, or a Martin, which is right up there, probably second. But I think Friends is a good show. But uh, Andy, what's on your mind? Avi, man, before you go, man, I just want to acknowledge your versatility, my brother. You know, what I'm saying from uh, doing your thing on Friday and uh, covering Tavis, you know what I'm saying, and, and those type of topics, and then coming here doing your entertaining thing, man, I just want to salute you on your versatility, man. Salute. I appreciate that, Andy, very much. I, I thank you, and I salute you back because these shows don't happen without you. And all the sound effects and the uh, going to break on time and not having any dead air, those who don't know, there's a cardinal rule in radio, no dead air. And Andy makes sure that it happens and always coming up with great songs. He picks the songs, y'all, most of the time. And so that's not an easy thing to, to pick songs that people enjoy as a DJ, I know. So thank you, Andy, for that. And before I go, I just want to 
to talk about the show I was mentioning before break. The show that I am looking forward to is called Foundation. It's on Apple TV. It's a it's a sci-fi show, and it's about I don't know ten thousand years in the future or something like that. And they there's a a ruler of a planet which is the most powerful planet at that time, and he has cloned himself so many times that he himself and his clones have been in power over his planet and the universe for thousands of years. It's crazy. And season two is finally out. I'm so excited about it. I think I'm in the, mon- the minority on this one because I don't think a lot of people know about this show, but I love the show. And so I want to give a shout out to Foundation. And the voice of reason with Zoe Williams is coming up next. All your, uh, all your romance talk, your romance questions, you can ask Zoe anything. Have a great evening. I'm Avi Bernard and I am gone.